Hello and welcome to episode 7 of D-Hoop University Podcast. This is your host, Daryl Harris, also known as D-Hoopster to some. And uh, episode 7, 7 is a lucky number of mine. Shout out to all the 7s out there. And man, we are really building this operation into something and at a great time because the basketball playoffs are just giving us content. And that's what this episode really is. Me and Shiv, the casual diehards in full effect. We touch on every series in the NBA playoffs right now. Without further ado, let's get it. Hop off of 16 passages. This is G5. No, this is not a challenger. Big, Big one. one. Hey. <laughs> Man, that's uh, the best way to kind of get the, get the energy going. Let's do we it. We are recording this part at the conclusion of Wednesday night's games. And this is also the two game mark of every series so far. So we can really kind of see what we were on record with, how we feel and see what's become the top storylines of it all. And it's a lot of uh, business has picked up. Yeah. Business has picked up over the course of two games. It has. In the Western Conference, especially. Oh, yeah. Where outside of Denver, we'll probably touch on Denver and Philly, their respective series later on, just because they seem to be headed in a clear direction, throw Boston in that conversation as well. But there's some there's a lot to be said about that series. There is. But in the West, man, there's kind of a what we expected. There's there's no clear cut not at all guy. Yeah. The guy's not a identified yet not yet him him is to be determined who him is is to be determined it's the biggest question mark and (laughs) we had some good games tonight the lakers lost to the grizzlies on the road they fell even now with the grizzlies in that series no john morant tonight and really it was a you know tough defensive game my biggest takeaway from that game was I'm not surprised that they didn't win tonight. Not surprised that they didn't. They should have. And you you said that it was disappointing, and it really is. Because they had a chance to really grab the conference by the throat and make a statement with another good win and then come back home. And who knows? Maybe they do in the next two games still. But they didn't tonight. And this series is at least going five now. Yeah. Um my initial thoughts from today's game were the Lakers showed why they were a seven seed tonight. This, this type of performance is why they were a seven seed. You can't just expect to turn it on and turn it off. It's like a car almost. You can't turn it on and then turn it off right after. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't yeah. do that constantly. It, it's bad for the vehicle. And it's uh, it, like the Lakers just didn't come out with the, with the energy and effort needed to win, especially when, you have all these key guys that are injured for the Grizzlies. You don't want to let them hang around. They're a great team without Ja. They're something like 32 or 33 and 11 without John Moran. So yeah, really impressive stat, which I interestingly forgot about ahead of this game. Yeah. Um, but bef- like Took that for granted. Yeah. And and I have this energy to bash the Lakers a little bit for their lack of energy, but I think it's important to note. The Lakers are eight and two in their last 10 games played, including the regular season. They have mentally and physically been playing the equivalent of nearly two playoff series before the even before the playoffs even started. So a slow start or like fatigue and a game where they just don't have the juice was kind of bound to happen inevitably in some way, yeah. um, especially given their health history. So and if there's some new relationship energy for Phoenix, like we touched on. Yeah. There's definitely plenty of that in LA as well. Yeah. Outside of Braun, A D and Reeves, maybe a youngin or two, there's not much carryover on this roster at this point from who's been in the playoffs with them before. Yeah. But when you do have still have Braun and A D that does help. But they're figuring some of that out because tonight there was a reminder that all right, well, who exactly are we going to right away? Because Braun is not just a 
bucket when you give him the ball anymore. Yeah. For sure. So <laughs> those are questions that have to get answered. The defense was still pretty good. They, they held – they were within striking range the whole fourth quarter. The they just couldn't get a bucket. They were sitting on yeah. 77 points with like six minutes left. Yeah. And if you Most got course. 77 points in the, with six minutes left. It's not your night. <laughs> no. No, it's, it's not, not your night. So, I think – I don't want to be. I don't want to spend too much time on them because game three now is really important. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. John Moran probably be a game time decision again. And either way, you're going to need to see a different Lakers team come out and play if yeah. you want a better feeling of what you're going to get going forward. Yeah, you can't cover this game without really mentioning D'Angelo Russell. And I just want to say I followed a few NBA players on Instagram throughout my time using the app. Haven't been on it in a while. Um, but I I followed D'Angelo Russell because he has a great fashion sense. Like he he is super mm-hmm. wavy. He's super comfortable. And I I just, I enjoy his, his sense of style. Um, and I'm sure today. The jacket when- you got on is pretty wavy. Yeah, vintage jacket from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, there but, we go. but there was something, and, and knowing D'Angelo Russell, I'm sure he was dripped down to the toe today in like Louis Vuitton or Gucci or whatever expensive designer brand it is, Balenciaga, you name it. Haven't seen his Instagram, can't tell you for sure. But when he was packing up all his clothes from this road trip and coming to the arena, he left his jumper at the hotel room. You can't go two for 11 on the road, especially when the game is that close. And you're the point guard. You're the starting point guard. You can't just, I know we had this quote after the game where it's, I'm not just a point guard for this team. I'm a basketball player. Well, you weren't either today. That's for sure. So like, there's no need to like defend yourself. Just say I had a bad game. Like I'm going to get it going yeah. at home. Like, and that's and- what Anthony Davis said. Yeah, and I mean, it is what it is, but here's what's kind of interesting. Um, I saw a stat that ESPN posted. D'Angelo Russell has shot under 50% in each of his first 13 playoff games. The last player to put up such numbers was DeMar DeRozan in 2014 to 2015, and he had 25 straight games where he shot under 50%. Um, all in all, that yeah. was a winning game, and the team overall needs to have a larger sense of, of urgency. And it was a bit of a letdown to see that they didn't have the juice because that felt really winnable, even if they didn't have it. That's the sign of a great team, being able to win when it's not going your way. And the Lakers have that. You know they do, and you believe it, and you want yeah, there, to there was no, tonight, and they just couldn't. There was no moment. There was, like, no dagger tonight. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a jesus the roof just you know like (laughs) caved in like that never happened yeah they just never they just didn't have enough points on the board yeah they just you know not the ones that were needed so let's uh let's see how game three three, big game three game three i debated going to and i'm probably going to be upset that i didn't Maybe because I started to put some eggs in the basket that there might be a round two. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I send it on the round two, and now I gotta like. All right, now it's like there the might end. not. Like, well, so so you have Lakers in five. I have Lakers in six. I still feel confident about this. I don't know. I I know LeBron doesn't lose both out. I just he he's not going down like that. Dylan, no, Brooks, I think he shoots okay a little better at home. Maybe I hope so. And I, and if anything, Dylan Brooks' comments after the game should have motivated him enough. Talking yeah. about you know he's old, like blah blah blah. He's gonna yeah have to he's yeah get this guy out of here, man. I respect the guy commitment out of to the here. brand. Listen, brands like yeah, nah, be, do what you do. Say I say what you, I feel it. Respect. I agree. I mean, let's like, get this guy out of here. Yeah, I agree. Hey, I'm I'm here for a LeBron masterclass for Game Three, so give it to me. You want to stick with the West? Should we keep going going down in the West? Well, let's just hi, let's preview. You know, Game Three of Sacramento Golden State because we left off with our last episode dedicated to the Draymond flagrant foul. Yeah, and if we didn't 
you know, burn down that podcast enough <laughs> with debate on that. It picked up the next day because they suspended Draymond. Yeah. He's going to be out in game three. And I am not as emotionally driven to <laughs> to defend this what what he did now but it's ridiculous man the suspension. the suspension does feel a little a little ridiculous um let's level set before we jump into that i just want to recap yeah. where the series is at kings 2-0 De'Aaron fox 31 3 and 7 3.5 steals per game causing havoc on the defensive end shooting 46 percent from the field 33 percent from three Malik Monk averaging 25 Sabonis double-double at 18 and 12. You would think the Warriors are playing poorly. Steph is averaging 29, 4 and 5, 48% from the field, 59.8 effective field goal percentage. Clay is averaging 21, 5 and 4, 49% from the field, and 41% from three. And I have a few thoughts as to why this series is 2-0. One, obviously the turnover battle. <clears throat> the Kings have turned the ball over 27 times. The Warriors have turned the ball over 35 times. What's odd is you'd think the Kings would be shooting better than the Warriors, but the Warriors have a higher effective field goal percentage and three-point percentage than the Kings do. My biggest takeaway from this series, Jordan Poole. He's averaging 10.5, 2 and 2 on 29% from the field, 25% from three, and he's only playing in 18 minutes per game in comparison to the regular season where he averaged 22 and 4 on 43% from the field and played 30 minutes a game. Stark drops across all statistics. And it's very concerning if you're the Warriors not to look too far ahead in the future, but Clay has resurged. He led the league in three-point makes this year, and he has a desire for the max extension. You just paid Jordan Poole in the offseason, and he got pushed by Draymond. Draymond's likely out the door. Clay wants to get his bag. I don't I don't know if I've ever seen Steph, Clay, and Draymond so openly upset with a player consistently throughout the regular season. And it kind of seems like there's some agitation. Poole also can't defend. And his offensive firepower is what they're missing in this series, but they can't play him because Sacramento is playing great defense and Poole is not shooting well. So they are looking for some answers there. They need a spark somewhere because Wiggins had almost 20 last game or he might have exceeded 20 as well. So I don't know who you get it from, whether it's GP2, Kaminga. I don't know where it comes from, but they need answers. Yeah. No, the problem so far has been the recipe of it all. And the fact that what they have on the counter doesn't go together. Yeah. It's just like, ah, we, we, we've got, this is going to taste the, you know, this is going to, we've got all the sweet and sugar and spice yeah. that we could ask for. But like we have no like we don't have anything to drive it home. Like we're all great, you know, great analogy. That was off the cuff, and I'm I don't cook nearly enough to <laughs> to finish that one off. But yeah. he, no, 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 it's it's a great analogy. It reminds me of Chopped. <laughs> shout out to Chopped. Shout out to Chopped. I, I'm a food I'm a Food Network fan as well. Let we could talk about that. But yeah, no, I their lineup to close just doesn't look as dangerous as it has, but I don't know. They, it, it might have with Draymond to close that last game and it might have with him this game, but still it might've only been enough to get past Sacramento. And yeah. it seems like it won't be enough to get past them. But before we do, you know, write this in the book, I want to look at, the his, bring up the history record mm -hmm. because Golden State since 2014-15 when they won their first championship has been in 24 playoff series. And believe it or not, they've only trailed in those series. They've only trailed out of those 24. What do you, what would you guess? I'm going to go with like, I know they trailed against Oklahoma City back when I was working at Sports Authority. And I want to say they might have trailed against Toronto in the finals. I'm going to go with two. Two that I remember clearly. You got two. You know there's another one. Do you they know there's Boston. They were down 2-1 to Boston. There's one more. Really? Let me think. Was it like maybe a younger Warriors team that trailed to Denver? 
No, and I'm picking I'm picking up from their championship run on. So from 2014, 15. Memphis. They, they trailed the Memphis, didn't they? They did. So that would actually make oh. it five. I didn't kind of really I didn't really include that one because yeah. it didn't really stand out like the other ones, but Houston. Houston. Houston wow. in 2018. So God. they got so robbed in that series. Rest in peace, Houston. Man, to, so to look back at it, it's actually pretty scary. Once I, I pulled this up and saw, wait, they swept the Western Conference in 2017 <laughs> and dropped one game to Cleveland. Oh, took like a heroic effort from the closest Yikes. thing to Jesus. <laughs> they did it again the next year, almost. Yeah. <laughs> but so in 2016, they were down 3 1 to Oklahoma City in the yeah. conference finals. And we know that gold that Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook collapsed over the neck over the course of the next three games. Man. Golden State won them all, got in the championship, and then lost to Cleveland in yeah. seven yeah. after being up three one. And we had the Draymond suspension. Yeah. That was key in that series swinging. And lo and behold, we have another Draymond suspension with Golden State back against the ropes. So that was in 2016. In 2018, they uh, were down 3-2 to Houston. Yeah. After it was tied up 2-2, Houston won game five. Yeah. And game six, you know, game six Warriors, that's their – That's their MO. They're, they're, they're not going out like that. <laughs> like the whole story. And whether it was game six where Chris Paul went down – and it was also game seven, I think, when Kevin Durant went down. It got gnarly. I forgot some of the game-to-game yeah. game stuff with this one. But yeah. you got a game seven where you had no Chris Paul. And uh, you also have the record number of consecutive missed threes by Houston in the second half. With with some shabby officiating. <laughs> with the Scott Foster of it all Oh my! on top of it. Scott Foster legacy game. Maybe it wasn't Scotty, but it, you know it was. Uh, <laughs> like, it, was yeah. it was just one of those ones where, man, they weren't gonna let Houston win. <laughs> man, that is one to revisit. And they pulled that one out, one and seven. Yeah. And then they were down three one in Toronto in twenty nineteen, and this was after Kevin Durant went down, and this is. A series that was very freaking good. Toronto yeah. won some games that they snatched from Golden State in that series. And even Golden State being down 3-1, they had it cooking. They turned it up again. Yeah. And in the third quarter of that game six, or of the game five, rather, the third quarter of the game five, Clay blows his ACL going for the dunk. Yeah. And Kawhi and the Raptors just finished squeezing them out. Yeah. And it's like, oh man. Well, they got you. They got you. You know, you lost KD, you lost Clay. And it was one, of, it was the moment where you felt for Steph. Yeah. And they took that L and then they were down 2 1 to Boston last year. And yeah. they proceeded to win the next three. Yeah. I mean, they, I'm not writing them off. We both have them in six. I still think that can be true. I think they can make I trust Steve Kerr. This guy's been around winning basketball his entire life. He'll figure it out. It's just well, a matter the Sacramento of Sacramento Kings join the likes of the 2019 Toronto Raptors and 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. As the, as the teams team to dynasty. knock off the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that would be something, wouldn't it? And um, to, it's funny that we kind of started with Lakers and now we're here with the Warriors. I had one other note that I was going to revisit. Yeah, I still feel like we are going to end up with the Lakers and the Warriors in round two. Feels that way too. That just feels too much of a kind of main event. Like, no, all we 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 want to see that. Like, let's get to that. And regardless of how it, you know, kind of, I just see the energy that's potential right there, and I think it's going to come to be. I mean, hey, Sacramento, LA could be crazy. Revisit. It'll that be nuts. Point. It'll be nuts. Early it's not to downplay at all. No, 
I, I would be here for it a hundred percent. Like you said, yeah. I'm trying to get in, like I'm trying to get into a game at crypto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I want the boys to dance against whoever. <laughs> but and so last thing, last thing about the Draymond suspension that I have to say, I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit. I made the point on the last podcast about how reputation precedes the act in real time. I made the analogy to the cookie jar, stealing cookies from the cookie jar, right? This was the NBA's justification, surprise, surprise, for suspending him for a game. This is just what he does, and this is what he will always do. That's why he's Draymond Green, because sometimes it goes the Warriors' way, and they overturn a call. But sometimes it doesn't, and he gets suspended from a game. I respect his game, four-time champ. He he star team in the finals. I'm not going to discredit any of the generally positive things that he brings to the team and the community in Oakland and Michigan at large. But... Draymond does this every year. He yells and he quite literally stomps like a child whose parents just took away his iPad. But that's the thing about Draymond. But do we still a guy think like that Rodman? That... He's a wild horse. You know, you take the bad with the good. But but still, what's the precedent for it? Like we think that now, yeah, because you're you and I'm gonna add that to the pot. Now I'm not judging what i'm supposed to be judging what happened because yeah. i'm adding something into it and i don't think that that's when have they done that before no that i might have I happened with do. player suspensions who, you know <laughs> repeat offenses on you know kind of some off the court stuff or just you know who knows what but for something that happened on the court that wasn't just god awful like come on but that he didn't initiate. I was just like, wow. Here's here's since an interesting when do angle. we since when do we do this? <laughs> but okay. So, so here's an interesting angle. They suspended Draymond, right? A few hours later, the, the news broke that Sabonis has like a bone contusion in his ribs. Dear Lord. So here is where we can revisit the script writer theory. What if instead of suspending them both, the NBA has essentially had some under the table deal to make Sabonis sit next game? to make it feel fair like you're missing him you're missing him we're not tolerating this in the series anymore figure it out have your timeouts and come back a changed person are the script writers cooking could they be cooking what are they cooking they That's are going they're going to add something <laughs> disgusting to, <laughs> to what's already going on with this suspension <laughs> they are like definitely about to add something filthy to the yeah pot. they are and by the time we're talking about what happened in game three or game four and where the series is at it's going to be really spicy but those two stories are kind of what's been dominating conversation the most so i'm glad that we we spent a fair amount of time saying what we had to say about it you want to do clippers sons i think that's also an interesting series that we should touch on yeah let's let's talk about it Tied one apiece. Phoenix looked like they might have figured something out. Yeah. And Chris Paul was able to just steer that plane, engine, boat, whatever analogy you want to make for that one. He just kind of did exactly what he needed to do once there was any chance of the Clippers hanging around. And the Clippers are going to need Paul George if they want to make this interesting because they can't guard those boys. They can't guard them. They're going to need Paul George. And if they don't, then I won't be I wouldn't be surprised. This could go 7 still. I think this yeah. could go 7 because the Clippers are Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde where <laughs> I might have said that backwards. <laughs> They're, you know, just on one night a different version of themselves the next night they are a team that looks like they've been playing together for five years and are ready to give it to you so i don't know i don't know i don't have big takeaways for the clippers because they're at this part again in the postseason where they're just throwing darts at the wall yeah while they have these guys under contract and trying not to let it go to waste but it's like it's all right let's let's watch clipper version you know 
one point two. Like yeah, like yeah, we we've been here before. Yeah, so it it might, and if anything, they're just gonna Phoenix is just gonna figure it out against this against this team. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I agree with with that entire analysis. Uh, Booker averaging thirty two and six, fifty eight percent from the fields, and I think they figured out something by making him the primary scorer and having Durant play a little more off ball. What will be interesting to see is how that dynamic works down the stretch on a team that can really defend. Um, obviously, the Clippers are playing the best defense they can, but when you have two elite wing scorers that can get their shot from anywhere on the floor, it's difficult to defend at all. Um, you can't mention the Clippers' performance without mentioning the elite level that Kawhi is playing at as well. He's averaging 34-6-6, and 54% from the field, 60% from three. Westbrook, 18, 8, and 6, causing havoc on the offensive boards. And your role players are playing well. They're hitting shots, they're shooting confidently, and they're locked in defensively. Um, but what's the biggest red flag for Phoenix, though, is that Katie and Booker playing damn near the whole game already. Yeah. And it's not alarming that you're doing that. It just sets off a lot of, you know, system warning signs because it's like whoa are you sure you gotta you got a ways to go and this Clippers team is one good perimeter defender away whose name is Paul George from making this really spicy yeah and just because they don't have them when you run into a team that is ready to rock and roll with you down the stretch and play some defense your guys are going to be cooked yeah like county fair thanksgiving turkey leg like <laughs> do you remember the country concert we went to that we used to work freshman year where oh, it was like man. the deep fried alligator <laughs> oh man <laughs> there's shout out to this random bluegrass festival <laughs> that paid us a couple hundred bucks for a weekend to just pick up trash <laughs> in golf carts at a country festival what else are you gonna do you're in college and you're 19 years old and you need some money Shout out to Isaiah for real. That, that is a steal. That is a yeah. steal. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think we should spend some time. If you're the Clippers, you're obviously thinking we need Paul George back. When do you think is the right time for him to come back? I don't even know what's going on with him by a lot, like, you know, with his body. So I can't. Because that that is a big factor into that answer. If it's you know a lower body, then it's like all right. If you can, if you can play five on five, then let's get you out there. Yeah. I feel I feel like that about whatever it is you have going on. Once you're in the postseason, if you think you can play some version of five on five, then let's get some minutes, buddy, and let's at least build some confidence. Let's see what you can do. I'm with you. If, if you can't, then we won't. But of course, with certain players, you can't just do that but yeah if you have them you're gonna need them or else phoenix is gonna get them out of here here's my thought process i think if paul george if you're going if you're trying to figure out when to play paul george i think you play him game three i'm totally against the idea of playing your card on an elimination game like oh we're down three one or we're down three two let me play paul george now let me insert a guy who's been sitting on the bench for five games doesn't have an established mind-to-body connection understanding of the flow of this series and see if he can do something. I think if you're gonna if your plan is to play him in game six, play him in game three. Play him 15 minutes in game three. See if he changes the dynamic. 100% play him with a minutes restriction. Yeah, you got to get him in there earlier rather than later because there's no need to wait for the last second to do something, right? It's like It's like doing homework. You know it's due at midnight. Why are you going to wait till 11 o'clock to do it? I understand you got stuff going on, but if you can do some of it at 3 o'clock and then do the rest of it later, you know, you feel a lot better about yourself and your chances of of doing it well. So it's like, just play him in game three. You're at home. You can play him on a minute's restriction. See what you have. Um, And yeah, I agree. They need to play him. And they need an extra perimeter defender. But... Let's take a second as well to applaud Kawhi. We give I give him a lot of flack for never playing in the regular season. He's showing up. He's showing out. 
as I said already, averaging pretty much 35, six and six. He's what, like a top five playoff player right now in the league, probably. I don't know that I'm just pulling that number out of my, you know what, but he's, he's playing really well. And I don't, I don't think we can mention this series without him because he is the reason they're even, this is even one, one at all. Otherwise this should be Oh two. If Kawhi is not out there. Yeah, he's no, he is. Shots. He is in the, you know, top 10 in his position all time. Yeah. And you could put him in any era. You could put him really on any in any version of basketball, and he's yeah. just going to translate. And this is a good reminder of what he can do when he's healthy. And just to see him out there is like, all right, playoff Kawhi. Yeah, I, I'm here for it. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you on that. It is. It is a nice. It is a nice thing to have on the menu when you're looking at the games. Like, all right, cool, cool. We got Kawhi and he's balling. This is the Kawhi that we fell in love with. Like, you know what I mean? This is the Kawhi at the end of San Antonio, Toronto. It's like, this is why we love Kawhi so much. He's going to guard your best player. He's going to be active defensively. He's going to hit tough jumpers. And honestly, he might be the closest player to like, in terms of similarity to Kobe Bryant in the playoffs right now. I mean, he catches the ball in the mid post. He's hitting an array of fadeaway jumpers. He's shooting off the dribble. He's locked down defensively. The I older, the older Kobe. Yeah, the older Kobe for sure, without a doubt. And I mean, this is the the Tyloo said it best. We've been resting him for moments like this. So Devin Booker, though, did look like at least a, you know, real legitimate top five conversation in that game yeah. too like yeah. th- that's the booker that you know is gonna the take most dangerous the yeah. let's you know and he's been playing defense with a different level of intensity oh, yeah. and you know he's a veteran now he's, he's not a youngin at all and he's playing for accolades at this point and to build his resume and become an all-timer so, Phoenix is going to get the Clippers out of here. I said Clips in seven. That was that was hate. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> that was hate. <laughs> hey, you never know. There, there are interesting things to, to be determined in this series. So, we're certainly going to see where it goes from here. Now, I'm curious if, from what you saw in tonight's Denver game, if your opinion on them has evolved, I how how serious are you taking Denver? I, I'd like to know how, you know, scale one to ten. How serious are you taking Denver? So I think to preface this, I should read my notes from I had written down these notes at the end of the first half. And then I have another set of notes for the second half. At the end of the first half, I said, easy sweep. The Nuggets are playing like a well-oiled machine and are outplaying the Timberwolves in every facet of the game through ball movement, shot making, paint presence, etc. Edwards had four fouls through the second quarter tonight, and it's been a train wreck of an ending for this team. I don't know if Jaden McDaniel's presence would impact the series enough for this to be 1-1, and I kind of feel for Ant because he's so offensively gifted. And I wonder if he's considered other options. I don't want to speculate that, and I definitely wouldn't blame him. But Minnesota's really shot themselves in the foot with this Gobert trade, and they're going to seemingly need divine intervention to turn things around, not just in this series, but for the next couple years. That was before Anthony Edwards finished the game with 41 points. (laughs) Yeah. So as I'm watching this game and breaking down other games, I start to hear the announcers become a little more engaged. And all of a sudden... Yeah. They were up 21, now they're up 14, now it's down to 8. All of a sudden Minnesota's up 3. And- oh, you, you know, you know when the when you get the timeout and it's like the lead is down to yeah. 7. And I was, it was like, "Huh?" I turn around at the TV, I'm like, "Ain't no way." Like, "What?" Um, when you get one yeah, of those, like, it's I, like, I, "Okay." The T-Wolves made things a little interesting the night because you saw that when the Nuggets stall offensively, 
they don't have a defensive presence to rely on. Minnesota was getting what they wanted at the rim. Credit Not a defensive Edwards identity, making, no. Yeah, credit Anthony Edwards for making big shots. Um, but it, it looked bad for a minute, and you kind of felt like Minnesota was going to pull this one away, but the Nuggets, credit to them, found a way to dig deep, kind of put their foot in the ground, steady themselves, and um, come they've back. Got, they've got the counterpunch. They do. They've got the – that's that's what's dangerous about them because this is a Minnesota team that nobody and absolutely nobody is taking to come out of the conference – but they've got talent, but it's like you just see down the fourth. It's like, nah, you got they Michael Porter pull, pulling yeah. up. You got Jamal Murray pulling up. You got, you got Jokic Loku, leading bro. the break. You got yeah. Jokic throwing the alley-oop to, to Aaron Gordon. It, it's like the, the this was a string of possessions in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Where it's like they can do this to kind of any defense They because they can evolve. It's like, all right, Murray, are you you got it tonight? All right, cool. Jokic, you want just we need a little magic? Like, all right, we got some magic from Jokic. Yeah. You know, and they have role players who just kind of comp- complement those guys. And Michael Porter is the the X factor that can really start to tip. That's the next domino to fall that is like, okay, this thing's a lot of dominoes are falling for this team, but Michael Porter is the is Clicking. the better in version of himself that he was, you know, touted to be, which he definitely can be. Yeah. Kind of, he, he looked a little, he looked a little loose tonight. Yeah, he did. So that's, that's what I will take from what I've seen from them. It's like, yeah, that's it. Down the stretch, they've got some, some punches in the bag they where do. that'll be the tough, like the, a team is going to have to come with it to really dance with them when it comes down to right. it. And Minnesota, Good showing for him. I'm, 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 I, lo- I love that second half. I, I love the fadeaway where he's like yelling before, it, like as soon as he leaves his hand, he's like, "Whoa!" Yeah. You hear it on the mic. Yeah. Like, Ooh, Lee, that he's brother. Nice. You know he's what I'm saying? Nice. So those are the moments that we all want and give us. You know, that's the reason that he has the following he has. Yeah. So we want that to grow. We like that. That's good for the league. He's Definitely. a competitive player. And we'll talk about Minnesota at least one more time, one more good time before <laughs> it's all said and done because, yeah. you know, they got a couple more games. And that's if that's, you know, if this doesn't go more than that. Right. But there's a Carl Anthony Towns conversation I want to have where we revisit what he was in year one, two, three of his career. And whether or not we think he's done or were people were, were executives wrong to have voted him as the player they would have started their franchise with. And I believe 2018 or 19, yes. you know, yes. one of those years. Yeah. And of course, no, not, not at this moment. We're, we're I'm not going to say that is he's that, but we just, let's, let's just, we'll, we'll talk more about Carl Anthony Towns. We will before I, we we put Minnesota to, to to bed this season because yeah. I I want to look at, I want to look closer into that without a doubt that I also am interested in that conversation and then you know what what we make of Minnesota going forward but you know what this is two years in a row in the playoffs yeah it's two years in a row in the playoffs that's a, that's yeah. a good that's that that's point that's heading in the right direction it's important to know rebuilds don't transition from we suck and we can't land any good players to oh we're in the playoffs and we're making a run there is time that needs to get developed um and so yeah Yeah. two years for them in the playoffs they have these are good year three and fours for anthony edwards definitely definitely you see the offensive talent on display you see him getting after it defensively incredible outside defender they need to put some pieces around him and they can't really do that because they leverage their future for gobert so unless you can trade him away to the the Wong Shu Sharks. I don't know an NBA team that's going to trade for him. I don't know a single team that's going to trade for him. If I'm an NBA team. And tonight, tonight was actually, if we didn't mention this, it would, wouldn't would kind of depict what went down tonight. Tonight was a good Gobert game. 
Yeah, it kind of was, oddly enough. Do you remember? And then down God. the stretch, he misses a layup where it's just like, all right, come on. <laughs> and it's like one of the final straws of like Minnesota <laughs> Bro, just not hanging just this game. The layup. It was pick and roll. All he had to do was put it in the hoop, and he throws that <laughs> off the backboard. It was 100% like the, 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 the uncoordinated big that is your only big in high school and you're like you have to run the pick and roll play and he's open and you try and to like, hit him and you're just like he can't catch bro or like he's uncoordinated I like <laughs> i think if i'm an nba gm last thing on minnesota for me is i obviously i don't touch any of the pieces on minnesota's roster unless it's Jaden mcdaniels um but I think Anthony Edwards, if they kind of stall out again and they're a playing team and they kind of get bounced in the first round again, I look at Minnesota and I say, look, you guys don't have anything going on here. And we're willing to give you a very heavy trade package for Anthony Edwards. And I think that's something we should discuss after they get bounced. Yeah. I think before it it gets to that, they could spin the wheel and have a really different looking team from just the towns and possibly go bear, you know, let's just get different players in here. Yeah. And we'll see. Yeah. But you know, that's the West man. The West is still pretty open. The West is open. Looking ahead. If, if Denver takes care of business, they've got the four or five matchups. So they're going to have either Phoenix or the Clippers. So, they're going to have get their Phoenix, Denver in round two. We'll be here to talk about it. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So in the East. Let's do it. Piggybacking off of Denver. Philadelphia is a team that is kind of a similar mold. And, you know, blatant comparisons from Joel and B to Nikola Jokic. And so far in the first round, they're doing that. What jumps, what, if we're even talking about Sixers Nets, to me, it's now that we're seeing it because it's, it sounded kind of cool in the preview and all that. But now it's just like, OK, this is a team that had Kevin Durant for half the season and now they don't have Kevin Durant. Right. They're not. You know, they're not fit to be in this position, but since they're here, let's watch it. And if you're on that team, if you have, you know, if you have vested interest in them. You have, you know, fans of their guys. These are great moments for their guys, and they're going to have a, a nice chester of, you know, ingredients for the next season. And this is great exposure and experience and just opportunity for them to see what they can do. So it's good for them just to do that, but they're not taking a game off of Philadelphia. Yeah, 100%. The – Philly's dominating the series, right? Embiid, Maxi, Tobias Harris, all averaging over 20. Harden, 15 and 10. Um, They're just too outmatched. This isn't terms. the regular season. Yeah. This is the regular season, and Embiid doesn't really care what's going on in the third quarter. And Philly might Harden could care him. less about, you know, making a statement against Yuta Watanabe. Like... <laughs> This isn't, you know, then Brooklyn, yeah, they might split a season, a season series. But, then yeah. This everybody is- watching packed house, no. It, Brooklyn doesn't, you know, they can't really throw rocks with, with Philly. Right. And Joel Embiid looks like the MVP to me. Definitely. And I know it's a regular season award, but he looks like the MVP to me. <laughs> if you disagree, yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, but I, I do I do think that uh, a warning sign that's that's flashing. I think that James Harden doesn't have another gear to get to. I, it looks like, you know, he's still a five tool offensive weapon that you have to be conscious of 100 percent of the time defensively. And you just put him on a lineup of whatever this lineup is and he is able to make it really, really dangerous. But it doesn't seem like he has a next level to go to version of himself this postseason or else 
we would see it a bit more. But he's really in the combo point guard mode. I'm running the pick and roll. I'm making the extra pass. I'm hitting the pump fake. I'm driving. But I'm not really trying to get to the foul line how I used to. And if he doesn't have the next gear, I don't think that they are getting past a Boston or a Milwaukee a Milwaukee team that can throw up 81 and a half. Yeah. They came without out. Without Giannis. So I guess we could pivot there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and feel free to, you know, add more on that. But we'll, we're going to talk about Philadelphia plenty. They're, they're not going anywhere as of they're now. I agree. Um, let's just shout out Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, young guys doing their things. Great experience for them. Yeah. And, this isn't you know, their we'll first. Be, this isn't their first go around. So they, they they look like potential, you know, core members of the team. Yeah. And I love Mikael Bridges, so we could always talk about what he does on the court. Definitely, shout out to them. Great season. Hope they have a great off season. Hope Brooklyn can. Yeah, they did it the right way, man. Bridges, I I bet you at one point this postseason, Phoenix is going to wish they had him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But you got Kevin Durant, so what the hell? Can't cry over stuff. Can't really be upset over it, you know what I mean? So, going from Philly, that series is kind of in the bag. Let's talk about Boston because that series is in the bag, if you ask me. Yeah. That that series is in the paper bag. Yeah. That you know is holding all is holding your whole basket in, in one good bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. There's a lot of hmm. I'm not I'm not a member of this movement, but the movement to get Trey Young out of there is is happening. Mm-hmm. And if this series ends in four, that movement is going to enter the next level. <laughs> so I don't know what that exactly looks like. I don't know what Atlanta's future looks like. I see I could see them building something that. Quinn Snyder wants to build. And yeah. that I, I don't know what that is, to be honest. And I don't think that you got to get Trey out of there. But if you're looking at this team, something has to change with how Trey plays. And maybe it's, you know, maybe he's better elsewhere. Maybe there's the let's turn Capella, the Capella spot into somebody more dynamic because when you have a guy like Capella out there who defenses aren't paying attention to and John Collins to a lesser extent where defenses aren't, you know, wearing yeah. help. We yeah. got your help. <laughs> when, yeah. No, I was just about if, to say that. When you've got three heads kind of devote, you got, you know, a lot of the defense just able to focus on Trey. On Trey. Because we're not, around them we're not getting far. I agree. I agree. I think I gave Atlanta too much credit. I said Boston would win in six. I'm thinking it's going to be four games max. I thought Atlanta would be able to space Boston's defense out, run the length and the width of the floor often and with energy. They just haven't been able to. They haven't had the defensive pressure to speed Boston up. Boston gets whatever they want offensively. If they want the paint touches, they get that. If they want to swing it around the horn, get the three ball in the opposite corner, they get that too. You have all the starters scoring in double digits. It's Atlanta had a great season. Maybe see what Trey's value is on the market. They've had instability at coaching. If you do it, year. if you do it, do it. Go for yeah, it. Go for it. It's, it seems like this is this is one that is either going to happen rather quickly. Yeah. And if it doesn't, we're going to end up talking about it forever until it turns into something we're tired of okay. hearing. Yeah. Doesn't work out to the benefit of the franchise and just you know the whole deal. So yeah. if they do it, go for it. Somebody will bite. There's teams that, you know, anybody in this league is tradable. I'm with you there. And one thing I do want to mention that I've noticed that is happening with a lot of coverage of this series is everybody likes to bring up, oh, Graham Williams hasn't seen the floor. Oh, Graham Williams hasn't seen the floor. I think that's just kind of like bait to try to get something going in terms of the Celtics, like just some negative media perception. Why aren't they playing him? He's got he's extension eligible this summer, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, the Celtics have never been shy of benching guys. Yeah, no, the Boston locker room 
is intact by all accounts. They'll need him for Philly because they're going to need bodies to throw at Philly. So if anything, they'll just bring him out then. Um, But Boston overall playing well. Everybody's just got to stay healthy, um, continue playing the right way. And, you know, this was a point I, I meant to mention about Denver. And I'll say that Boston is a team that has the luxury of doing it as well. They're doing stuff that they they're not doing what they don't have to do yet. Yeah. Golden State is throwing is letting it all go against yeah. Sacramento right yeah. now. Yeah. They're calling for backup. They are, you they're know, calling in every favor they have. Yes, they are emptying, you know, the credit card. <laughs> they are <laughs> like, yeah, they are. They're doing what they, whatever they got to do right now. Yeah. Um, Denver is sitting on variations of what they can do in the second round. Yeah. Boston is has three different versions of that team that are, you know, they have three different eight, nine man rotations that could be their playoff rotation. So they're not showing their hand too much yet either. Yeah. And I'm not questioning what, like I said, like what's going on in that locker room. Yeah. I think they're all solid. And I mentioned coming in the Jalen Brown wrinkle. Doesn't appear to be much of a wrinkle. Not at all. Doesn't appear to be, if anything, his health might be more of a wrinkle. Knock on wood and, you know, we'll leave it at that because, you know, we're not hoping for that. So, yeah, no, the, We'll talk about Boston plenty more. We'll be seeing them for yeah. a few more weeks at, at minimum. Let's transition into you want to do the Knicks Cavs? I haven't watched much of this series personally. So let's do Knicks Cavs because in our preview, it was hey, this is a pretty close coin flip of the series. Right. You have a you know veteran head coach who has a style and has something that we can expect almost in the postseason and more veterans on that roster versus a younger roster more unproven head coach and guys who are getting their first taste at it for me what tipped the scale in that was I feel like Donovan Mitchell was the best player in the series and in game one, we weren't sure of that because Brunson took over. Yeah. In game two, he Mitchell didn't have to be because Garland yeah. emerged. Yeah. And we talked about Darius Garland, you know, and I was saying that, well, yeah, these guys are new, but this could 100% be the coming out party because do we think that Darius Garland's not going to become, a you know, a household name in the postseason? So – and through two games, we can't differentiate much yet because yeah. we've gotten two games that have made the case for either team. And lo and behold, this is probably a favorite to go seven. Yeah. It made the best team win and come out of it because if you do, you got Milwaukee. <laughs> we have we both have Cleveland in seven. I still feel confident about that. I yeah, I'm I'm holding. I have no reason to switch on that. Yeah, I want I want to think that Cleveland can get it done quicker, but I don't want to count New York out yet. I yeah. think they split yeah. New York. Yeah, and you can we'll both both of these teams can win in the other arena. Yeah, feel. they're not afraid of playing on the road. For so sure. it makes it it makes it tough to predict because yeah. it's going to be a I don't know how I'm feeling today. Like ours <laughs> love to play in MSG. So Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland, who knows, Mobley maybe. That's, so that's one of the ones where, yeah. You get up I'll, a little juice. There's a road team, you know, advantage waiting to happen. Yep. That you just happen to have working against you as a yeah. member of that team where it's like, damn, somebody's going to come in here and have the game. <laughs> like, it's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah. Mitchell is a strong candidate. <laughs> Oh yeah, Mitchell's definitely a strong. You telling me, he, I might have to go on record, man. You telling me he's not going to get fifty in this series? If this series goes seven, you think Donovan Mitchell's not going to get forty-seven one time? He, out of all the players that are in the playoffs right now, he is certainly a leading candidate for achieving that mark. What is what is what is? I think Kobe 
Kobe had what 55 or 62 in Madison Square Garden. Jordan had 55 in a playoff game in MSG. So I'd be interested to see. Mitchell's a heater. He can get it as soon as he's locked in, it's it's going up and he can attack the rim and he can facilitate. So I'm, what, I'm what I what I like about Cleveland is to me they have a a selfless energy about them and it's just kind of like they're young low-key laid back you know guys that they just have on their roster and the egos really aren't there the personalities aren't too loud and I think that they're cool like it's like they had a really good team intact and then you know you get this transfer who's like yo He's nice. He's nice. Yeah. You know, this guy's nice. This guy's cold. Like, like might actually... hey, if he if he cooks, like he just changed it for us. Like that we're not even hating. So it's like yeah. they have the team that can feed him when the time is right. Time and is right. that and game one, he was like begging for them to just kind of match it. So yeah. I think this team is gonna click more they than were. what they New were. York. That's my take on it. Yes, I agree with you. I think New York is going to test them. They'll inevitably prevail. They probably get Milwaukee in the second round. And from there, you get Giannis back. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how he reintegrates with the team. Obviously, I have to assume it'll be seamlessly. But you don't know. It's the playoffs. And winning a game seven gives you a ton of unquantifiable strength and mental resilience and momentum that serves you really well in the playoffs. Yeah. And I like the way that this organically built up to the Bucks heat recap coming at the end, because it's the one where the series is tied as well. After tonight, it's hard to rule out Milwaukee just being the better team and winning this series if Giannis doesn't even play in this series. Right. But it's kind of coming at the tail end of the recap because we don't – it has the most uncertainty still. And I had confidence in Milwaukee. And, of course, if you do anything that subtracts Giannis from the equation, it's like, wait, never mind. I'm good. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm out. If that's the case. Yeah. So if it's a back, you know, maybe they're doing their version of Kawhi load managing. And it's like, yo, instead of doing it now, like we saw in the regular season that we can be without a top guy and just having a team that knows how to play and trust each other and plays together. And they have incredible injury. I mean, energy, pardon me at, for serve and it's like wow this team is has a really high ceiling just because their floor is like very very high yeah yeah so it still depends on Giannis's availability which if it's a back what do you make of that I don't know. It backs are sensitive and I've had back spasms. I obviously not to the degree of an NBA MVP caliber player, but I've had back spasms and I can tell you it's tough to sit in this office chair and work nine to five when you have back spasms. So I don't know what you make of it. I think there's really, now that I've even mentioned that I can't rule out the, the possibility that this is just posturing. And they're just getting him some rest. So that way he could be at, you know, 1000% for round two. That would actually be, that would be grandmaster level chess work right there. Like, no, we're not going to rest him in this. We're not, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to load manage him in the regular season. We're resting this fool in the first round. Like, that would be, that's an interesting, that's an interesting theory. Maybe they are. I mean, they can be, I think they're, I think they're mentally, set on playing this series without Giannis. I don't think he touches the floor unless it's like 2-2. That team is extreme. That team believes in themselves. I, yeah. I don't doubt that at all. And let's so just it's look like, at... That's something you can take advantage of as a team. It's like, no, we have our guys believe in this. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, we know we can win this series. And I mean, think about it this way. Like, 
nowadays in the NBA, guard play is so important. The league is saturated with top elite guards, and you need to have great guard play to win on any given night, whether it's the regular season playoffs or the finals. Drew Holiday is an elite level point guard. Max Struess, Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, and Gabe Vincent are not messing with Drew Holiday, even if Drew Holiday woke up and shat the bed in the morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're just not. And I don't know why I talked myself into thinking maybe Miami can make things interesting. I don't think so. They're but just remember, that team will play like the kid who gets picked last and then come out the next game like the kid with the biggest chip on his shoulder and just really stick it to you. So, and it's 1-1. That's the interesting element of it as well. They still on court. It's 1-1. We don't know what's up with Giannis. Yeah. And you we can't get ahead of the of the wagon on this series either because yeah. it's like hmm if, if Jimmy's going to be the alpha in this for the rest of this series Jimmy might come out on top yeah no you're right you're right i mean there's there's a slight possibility that that happens i'm confident in the bucks i'm confident in their rotation of drews the guy Let's get Lopez involved. Let's space him out a little bit. Let's feed him in the post. Let's make a concerted effort to get certain guys a volume number of shots. So we'll see. It goes back to Milwaukee. Tough place to play. They obviously are the number one seed. They've been in this situation before. They've got championship DNA, which is something you can't undervalue. And I'm confident. Uh, we have I have Bucks in six. You have Bucks in seven. I think that's still the case. I think Miami maybe gets one. I don't know if they get one in Milwaukee. I think they probably get one in back in Miami. I think Miami gets one more. And then if you got to put that team away more. in a game six, it's like, oh man, it it can get spicy. It can get yeah. spicy. I hope it does. I hope it does. Yeah. No, I like uh. I like where we're at right now. It's we're we're in the early goings of a good book right now. Yeah, this postseason, it's like, yeah. ooh wee, there's so, some like, some plot that is oh, yeah. thickening. <laughs> oh yeah, it and looking ahead, you know what sounds really good? Game three of this Warrior Sacramento series. Yes, tomorrow I was just about to bring that up on four twenty. On four twenty in the Bay. Do with that what you what you wish. What you wish. If you're in a state that legally allows you to purchase this similar to a box of cereal or clothes, <laughs> please, on behalf of somebody in Texas that doesn't get a chance to live that life like he did when he used to live in L.A., please celebrate accordingly for me. Play some Larry June. Play some Snoop Dogg. Do what you want. But I digress. Obviously. Watch that game. I digress. I wouldn't want to uh, impact our podcast with discussion of such forbidden substances in this in this great state of Texas. <laughs> Stay tuned for the 420 special <laughs> that, that may or may not be in the, be in the works for tomorrow night. <laughs> but, oh, man. What you Sacramento, got for tomorrow? Warriors State Kings, is... tell me. Final buzzer sounds. Who do you have? How does it go down? The buzzer sounds and... Steph is high-fiving the guys, and Sacramento is filing out shoulder-to-shoulder out of the exit tunnel, and it's two-to-one. I, 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 I think it begins with the, are you ready? <laughs> and it feels just a little different. I think the third quarter hits a Chase little Center different. Chase <laughs> I think, building. I think that we mentioned E40. At, E40's on, back. E40 gets a cutaway <laughs> in like the fourth quarter where it's like, he oh, now we're mentioning. No, he gets the first quarter look away. So that way throughout the game, you know where he's at. And you know moment, where he's at. You know where he's at. And the E40. <laughs> we're going oh to E40. Oh, my God. And I I think that's a bonus. Oh, man. 
He's in, he's in for a long night tomorrow. He's not getting. I told, Welcome to the postseason. I hope Reggie's on the call. I uh, hope me too. we get a Reggie. Me I too. hope we get, you know, oh, man, that's going to be a good one tomorrow night. Reggie and Mike Breen, per, per chance. We need somebody that's going to that's gonna do get it justice going, tomorrow. Sure. Because that, uh, yeah. And Sat could very well come out with a W. If so, man, oh man, will we be in? Will we be in some deep waters? I agree with you. With I think. State. The, I think. I think it's Golden State that wins tomorrow. I think you get the feels of third quarter Bay Area. Plays pouring it on. You probably yeah, get some, a so somebody's weeks. dribbling the clock out for Golden State tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. but if, if Sacramento does come in there. And they do the impossible, and they go up 3-0. Man, it is uh, – the dialogue is about to really, really begin. There will be a dedicated episode yes. to the the Warriors' send-off, essentially. <laughs> that's what we get. The, the town hall meeting will be had, and everybody will get a chance to speak. Definitely. <laughs> definitely no i'm ready for it it'll be an exciting an exciting day of basketball we have we have the warriors and the kings we have philly brooklyn and i think we have suns clippers we do we do we, so, get, we get suns clippers as well yeah so, let's get it man let's see how this all plays out i'm excited we love it we love it if you're listening we appreciate you listening Always. and we see the numbers and we are going to keep doing what we're doing. So we appreciate you guys. Like, follow, interact with the pod, and we will keep them coming. Absolutely. And uh, till next time. See you guys.